our, our guest has arrived. She is here. Let's bring her on. Ladies and gentlemen, the MLW World Featherweight Champion. She's got a defense this Saturday, July the 8th in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena at MLW Never Say Never. It's going to be this woman versus Ava Everett for the WXW Women's Championship and the World Featherweight Championship title versus title. We've got now the one, the only, Delmi XO. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, Happy Friday. Yeah, we're we're happy to be on a Friday morning just just getting it all taken care of. Are you excited for uh, for tomorrow for Never Say Never? I'm so excited. Uh, I have chills. <laughs> it's uh, MLW's first like live pay-per-view that I will be a part of. And so it just feels so much more like intense, like pressure on. <laughs> it's a big deal because you've also got a chance to become a double champion. You could be walking out with that WXW Women's Championship and with your MLW uh, World Featherweight Championship. You, there are other champ champs out there. Deanna Perrazzo has been a champ champ. Ty Valkyrie, who you've beat for that MLW title. She's been a champ champ. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Renato, uh, Tamakano. Listen, let's, let's say that you become a double champ and you have the opportunity to become a triple champ. Who does Delmi XO want in the championship world? Um, well, I do have an opportunity this month, actually, to become a triple crown champion, if you will. Um, if I do manage to, and I have my heart set on winning the WXW title at MLW, I do have another title opportunity for uh, Pro Wrestling Grind for the Grind Grand Championship, which is basically like a heavyweight title. And so that could put me at three belts, but... Right now, I do have to take my steps one step at a time, you know, and I'm aiming for that second title. I mean, you mentioned some of the greats who I have looked up to and studied before, like the Deanna Perrazzo's of wrestling, who have held multiple titles from different companies at a time. And to have an opportunity to be close to what their level is, is just insane. Like, I idolize those women. So here we are. I want to go back to your your title victory over Taya Valkyrie, and the match took place in uh, in April, and then it just aired like a few weeks ago. I feel like uh, on on YouTube, when you are watching the match back a, a couple of weeks, like you know the results and everything, but two months after the match has happened, you're sitting down, you're watching this, like what is going through your head as you're you're finally able to see this play out on television. I feel like, um, yeah, to your credit, it happened like two months before. And I think because it wasn't a live experience, like we are kind of in an age where everything is live stream. So you get that instant gratification, not only from the crowd, but you get it from like the people watching at home. And when I did win the title, not having that sort of instant hype behind it and like being able to like, run with it right away kind of felt like I didn't actually win it yet. Um, and so like having it air, it was just like, and having all that support come out from it airing and like people seeing it and like seeing how it played out was just like, so like rewarding. There was such a rewarding feeling. It was just like, whew, like it happened. It's real. It, it just felt 
so much more connected to the actual championship than the match itself. You mentioned uh, in an interview that you, the the MLW contract that you were given, if it felt like it was a dream or that you dreamed it was happening. Does it feel a little more real now that you've signed the contract, been on the TV, and you've also held that title on TV? Now it's a little more real? How does it feel? It, it does feel more real. Like, honestly, even when I won the belt, there's always just an a chance where they could just scrap the episode or lose the footage and then it's like oh sorry we gotta take the belt back <laughs> like, I don't know. like it's show business so like having it air finally it just finally felt like oh my god i'm here i'm like in this company like this is where i belong right now what are your goals for the the mlw women's featherweight division it's still a, a relatively new division i mean you're the second champion in the the history of, of the division and taya valkyrie who was the first champion is now uh she's gone she's moved on to to aew so as the face of the division as the person carrying this division what are your overall goals for the division um i have a lot of goals in terms of who i would like to wrestle in the featherweight division. I kind of want to bring in a lot of fresh faces who maybe haven't gotten that time to be in front of a crowd such as MLW or being at the ECW arena. Um, I'm trying to work on bringing in more women who are ready for that opportunity and are willing to take it and step up and be able to perform on that level. Uh, there's a lot of talent out there that kind of, you know, there's so much talent. So it's not that they're getting overlooked. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. For the wrong reasons, but trying to give more opportunities to the women who are working hard for it. And I hope to, you know, be the person to lead the charge. Trying to... Trying to think of, uh, I was, I was going to ask a question about uh, winning a WXW championship and then having to go to Germany. I don't think you've wrestled over in Europe, have you? I have not wrestled over in Europe. I haven't even like traveled to Europe uh, for like any sort of reason. Um, I am excited if I would have to go to Germany. Uh, it means I have to learn another language, but <laughs> I'm going to work so hard on trying. Um, I can't drink beer. So I got that going for me. I was going to ask German beer, maybe some schnitzel. I don't know if you're a vegetarian or anything like that, but you can schnitzel anything. You just batter it and fry it. I'm sure you could make do. Uh, yeah. You might have to, to learn a little German or at least, you know, figure out the, uh, the German isms to, to get over in WXW. Yes, definitely. I know Weiser. So. <laughs> <laughs> Add add wiser to to the end of uh, of everything. Uh, you mentioned you have your your eye on some talent out there. Like who who out there is like all right? This person d deserves an opportunity on kind of a bigger stage. Um, Jordan Blade. She's someone who I uh, she doesn't have a style that gets done a lot, and I really like how committed she is to working her like technical jujitsu style. It's really like a breath of fresh air, especially like the look that she has. Not a lot of people have that look, and she's just such a fun person to be around, too. Like, she's such a genuine person who would fit in any locker room. Um, Paris Van Dale, who's been coming up in New, New England area, is also someone who's been, like, putting in the work. She's the current Chaotic Panoptic Champion, 
and she's been making a lot of strides to improve herself and she has like a great gimmick she's such like a bratty little teenager to me so definitely someone who i would see bringing in uh you have the distinct honor or at least opportunity to have come up in the wrestling business with your sister ashley Mm -hmm. And the two of you were teaming as uh, as Team C stars. Uh, tell me about Aiden, not just teaming with the sibling, but also being on the road together, traveling together. I know you've spoken very highly of that. Um, but let's go the other way of this. Tell me one thing you loved and tell me one thing you maybe really disliked about traveling with your sister. Oh, she always forgot stuff. <laughs> she always would, like, conveniently, I would always have to remember, like, okay, shampoo, conditioner, body wash. And I would pack like the travel size portion for myself. And then she would always be like, hey, can I borrow, of course, like your product? And then she would use it all. And so I wouldn't have anything for myself. And she has, I don't know if you like realize this, but she has way less hair than me. Her hair always being cut short. My hair being worn long for the majority of the time we team together. I was like, why did you finish all the shampoo? There's no reason. Oh. Sorry, the room I'm in is like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were getting a run in. <laughs> I, I thought she was she was there. She just cut the lights out on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, this is going to turn into an aerobic session next. <laughs> Normally the hand gesture works. Today it didn't work. <laughs> Uh, so, so I mean, with that in mind, I, I, the first time I saw you two was was actually at the summit in 2019 in Toronto, uh, tag teaming as as Team C Stars. What's what's the status uh, of of the tag team and, and Ashley wrestling and and things like that? Right now, Ashley is currently out with an injury. It's kind of a stubborn injury. It's um, her shoulder, which I'm sure, uh, as we've known from like other athletes, shoulders are one of those like body parts that are so frustratingly tricky um originally it was supposed to like heal on its own and then come to find out it wasn't healing correctly so she had to go in for surgery and now she's back into like the pt and like trying to get it to heal back so it's 100 percent um not sure on an eta for when her in-ring return would be but possibly next year and still planning to uh reprise the team or you two just kind of Going your separate ways, oh, go. We're like the Hardys. Like we'll we'll be able to tag or we'll be able to do singles. Like that's it's my girl. <laughs> I get it. I do. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask about this Russian chain match that you had against Masha Slamovich, who is is no stranger to kind of more hardcore death matches, and is no stranger to more physical matches. Mm-hmm. How? How did that come about, and how was that experience wrestling Masha Slamovich in a Russian chain match? Uh, it was so, so cool because, like, she's someone who doesn't really hold back in the way she uses weapons. And a lot of times, like, people could kind of, like, either have a match like that and not be as committed to it. But anytime she's in those kind of matches, she's just so 100% committed in the act of it. And that is hardcore wrestling was something I originally wanted to get into. Um, 
but I just never ended up having opportunities to do that. Like, I never had storylines that led to that, being a tag team wrestler for most of my time. Um, so, like, getting the opportunity to do a match like that and then with someone who you knew was going to, like, be there 100% was just so cool. Like, I don't ever need to do one again. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your time in Japan, especially – you were there in 2020. You were there right as the world was starting to become aware of COVID and protocol and shutting down. Um, what was that like being in another country, place you haven't been there before to wrestle and just the, everything that was going on at the time? Yeah, it did. Uh, it stunk because like at one point, like it was fine. And then I remember like maybe three weeks out from when I was supposed to leave. I got like a notification that like my flight was canceled and I was just like for two days struggling, trying to figure out flights and how I was going to get home because they didn't give me a like, Oh, reschedule your flight. It was just like, no, like you have no flight home. And I had bought in a round trip. So it's like, where's my guaranteed flight home <laughs> at some point. And then it ended up being like, instead of leaving three weeks, like it was like, all right, the only flight available is like tomorrow. And it was just like, they were shutting everything down. And so like, I literally was on one of the last flights out of Japan. I remember being in the layover airport and watching like the screen of all the flights as they were getting canceled. And I was just thinking like, okay, if I can get to New York, I know people in New York who can get me back home. Like I was just like, I just got to get back into the States and I will find my way home from there. They're like, yeah, that part sucked. But the rest of it, I mean, it's such a beautiful country. I feel like my heart and soul is in Japan. I grew up, like, idolizing Japanese culture from when I was little. I, like, had all the books of how to do origami, and then I got into anime. And, of course, from there, it's just, like, everything spirals, and then you're just, like, consumed by this culture. And uh, when I got into wrestling, that was, like, the goal for me. It wasn't getting signed or getting put on TV. It was, I want to go to Japan. And so I accomplished that and I would love to go back and make it a regular thing. If you went back, is there anyone on the top of your list who you'd like to face? Uh, there's so many people who I want to face right now. It's definitely like Azumi. I would want to face. There's Saray who was there when I was there and she had just gotten signed to WWE. So I met her like the last week she was there and it was cool. Cause then when I saw her on NXT, I was like, Oh my God, like I know her. Like, and she's such a sweetheart. And like, I was a no one when I went to Japan, but she like followed me back and stuff and like was so supportive online and stuff like that. And it's like, that's so cool. Like there's people like that who are like so supportive of your journey like that. And so like, wrestling her would be so cool because like i saw her career play out and like she saw mine there's a lot there's just so many <laughs> i i have a question about pandemic uh wrestling or wrestling during the pandemic but before that i i ask everybody who's been to japan this did you go to ribera and do you have a review of ribera i did not go to ribera i failed okay. um <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i had any of like the sponsors take me out there and where I was based out of it was already further away so for us to get to Tokyo we would have to take a bus and then a train or because it was me and Masha and we were like really stingy of how we wasted our money we would walk 
to the train station, which was a 40 minute walk, <laughs> and then take a train to like Shinjuku, which is like the main city. And then I think from there we would have had to take in another train. And because we had a curfew, there would have been like a risk of not being able to catch the last train back home. So I didn't risk it while I was in my time there. I didn't have like a proper vehicle to travel or like someone who would take me there. Well, next time you, you go to Japan, because we're going to manifest a return, check out Ribera, and then we'll have you back on the show just to re review Ribera. We can maybe talk yeah. a little bit of wrestling, but just to review uh, oh. Ribera. Uh, <laughs> and then on on pandemic wrestling, like you stayed active during the pandemic. I know Limitless ran shows. You made appearances for Impact and, and for AEW as well. <laughs> When it, when it came to like wrestling during the pandemic, what what lesson did you learn from just that overall experience? Um, I mean, I think I always appreciated the crowd before then, but then like pandemic wrestling hurt a lot more because you didn't have that adrenaline that you get from performing in front of a crowd. So as you're taking moves, it kind of feels like practice. Like if you ever see wrestlers in practice, we move so stiff and we're just a little like robotic through motions kind of cause like things hurt more. And like, you don't have that like invincibility that you get from being in front of a live crowd. Um, and so now like performing now, almost nothing hurts. Like <laughs> I can like take like a superplex. I'm like, Yep, all right. <laughs> because nothing will ever hurt as much as when you were wrestling in front of no one, basically. Or you were wrestling in front of wrestlers who were, like, kind of tired from being there all day, so they're not really going to cheer for you. Um, yeah, that's what I learned. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> as we start to wind down, uh, you told Fightful's Denise Salcedo that uh, you watched a lot of 13 going on 30 to get you kind of ready or, or excited or less excited about turning 30. Uh, why is that your favorite movie? What do you love about it? And what was your favorite scene? It was just so relatable. Like, I don't know why, but like growing up, I always didn't like the idea of having the crush on the popular boy. Maybe wrestling had to do something with that. Maybe there was a storyline somewhere. <laughs> like maybe the Kurt Angle to Stephanie McMahon Triple H thing really sunk into me. <laughs> but I just was always like no you date your best friend and like when her whole life played out and like she wanted to be with a popular guy it was just like no you made a mistake <laughs> I always think about that there's also like the moment where like they break out and he's dancing to his song because she invited the cool kids to the house and it's like watch out <laughs> I don't remember that band but like that's such a me moment. That is something I would do in front of cool kids. <laughs> uh, my my last one, and you don't have to spoil this if, if you do not want to, but you tweeted on July 2nd, the Hail Mary to finish my new gear before Saturday. Why am I like this? Is your gear finished? My gear is finished. There we uh, go. Didn't end up deciding on anything for like an entrance like anything special for an entrance i had such bad writer's block when it came to that um so unfortunately i couldn't choreograph something like that but we'll have new gear <laughs> i can just only walk out just walk out there you're the champ just hold your head up high and you're about to become a double champ that's that's the entrance right there as the entrance that's the vibe <laughs> <laughs> my last question before we get on out of here 
you've had some very interesting monikers. Uh, you're, you're the God Queen now. You've been called just one of the boys. Where are you picking these up and what what do they all mean to you at the end of the day? Yeah, um, so I kind of get them from wrestling. So just one of the boys was something I heard all the time in my training days. So basically, if you were a girl in the business, it kind of meant like you weren't going to get special treatment. It's like you're going to be treated like just one of the boys. And like it was always told to me like, no, you have to tear down the ring. No, you have to, like, help set up. You have to help flyer. You have to do all the things that, like, any other wrestler would do to earn your spot on the show. You're not going to get any sort of, like, special treatment. Or other than that, you have to, like, pay your dues and earn your way into the business, basically. And it kind of was, like, annoying. It was, like, a parent telling you to take your vitamins. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever, shut up. But then it kind of did stick to me because I noticed I was someone who, like, took pride in the fact that, like, I wanted to earn my spot and I wanted to be on shows. And I always thought to myself, like, I want to be on this show, but I want to earn it. Like, I want to be good enough. I don't want to be, like, given a booking because, like, they saw me set up and, like, they feel bad for me. And I was like, I need to be good enough to be on that show. Like, I remember, like, shows would do pre-shows. And I would think so hard that I had to be good enough for just a pre-show match. Like, I better know how to do this, right? And so I really did end up embracing that term and making it my own. And then the God Queen comes from Bruiser Brody, of course. Uh, he was referred to as the God King. And I just wanted a female version of that. I really came into my own as like a women's independent wrestler within the last year or two. And so like, I wanted to embrace that side of me and really take ownership of it. Well, safe to say you more than deserve to be on the card tomorrow night in Philadelphia, 2300 Arena. MLW presents Never Say Never. Delmi Exo puts up that World Featherweight Championship against Ava Everett, who puts up her women's championship from WXW, title for title. Delmi, before we get out of here, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at DelmiXO. Pretty easy. My handle's the same everywhere. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Have Thank fun you, tomorrow. Good luck. Thank you so much, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.